going to talk about random shit that I've thought about this week. One of the first things I thought um, was, is, was, is that right now, in my whole life, it's probably easier than ever to be an, a unique artist because all the artists are afraid of saying the wrong thing because groups versus individual. Right now, being an individual as a stock is at an all-time low, so you can buy up on being an individual, but it takes courage, and there's a big, but there's a big price to pay for being in a group, like that's what everyone's doing. And so, if the traditional role of the artist is really sort of outside looking in, it's easier than ever these days in my life anyway to to be unique or an individual but it's also maybe the hardest but if you're an artist it doesn't really matter if you're outcast or told see you later whatever but I guess if you're making a living off it and it it, that can get problematic but to be unique it's easier than ever because everyone's afraid of it so that was that was my first thought it, I thought all this shit in culture at the moment it, it really bothers me but there's a mass there's a massive opportunity like that Warren Buffett guy the dude who made millions or billions out of um, stocks and stuff he'd always buy these really low shares that were that no one would touch because they're too scared they'd go for the safe option and I kind of feel like if you're a Warren Buffett thinking art, he's kind of an artist in a way. Like I don't know much about him, but I know that he he's made courageous decisions against the run of what is supposed to be done. Um, and yeah, being being an individual right now, <laughs> I've said it about three times. It, the stocks are at an all time low, so you can buy up. <laughs> and it's that's my first thought. And speaking of individuals and groups, I was sitting in a coffee shop today in Ligon Street. And I was looking at people, just and people standing alone, and thought how they were they were whole worlds. And if I, ent- I could enter, or we we could each enter into each other's world, and how they have all this, they have a home they go to, or maybe maybe they don't, or they've got they've got friends, or maybe they don't. These people do stuff that have nothing to do with any of my interests, but would be interesting. Anyway, I just I I loved I just love the idea that a single person is is just a whole universe or a whole world, and just you know if, even in romantic relationships, if you meet someone and how it opens up a whole it opens up an entire world. And I I love that idea, but then then I thought about two people getting together all of a sudden. They're no longer a world. They're a they're a black hole, or or three people, or four people, or a group of people. They're a black hole. And I, I love the idea of, I don't know, I'm probably not going to use it, but I like the idea of one, a single person being a whole world and more than one person, two, two people or more, just being a black hole. I was going to draw it, but I thought, ah, it's too, it's too dark. I am still, yeah, a little bit obsessed with that weird idea. My other thought was how our lives are just really messy like they just get messier and messier as the years go on and some of my favorite artists have made beautiful stuff out of their mess and sometimes i've even been a little bit envious how come you've you've got that beautiful mess and i've got my stupid mess 
I've always been jealous of someone else's, some other artist's mess, and they've made this beautiful garden out of their mulch mess, the green root. It's beautiful, unkempt, crazy gardens. Like Bukowski's mess was all about booze and and prostitutes and all that sort of stuff, and he made some beautiful stuff out of it. Like despite, on a surface level, he's sort of posing as this almost cartoon character machismo thing there's he gets he does get some really beautiful stuff out of that that particular mess and he's talked he's actually talked about um how he's got some boring messes he doesn't actually say boring messes but there's other parts of his life he never wrote about because it was just too boring and that was equally as messy but that's how i've thought where's my beautiful dramatic mess well (laughs) how do i i want my where's but as I as I get older, it just happens. Life life just keeps handing you a mess, whether you like it or not. And I, but I do love the idea that you can turn bullshit into something good. Just, as I say, flowers grow from shit. And on messes, I've noticed the older I get, the messes get more filthy and more difficult. On the same token. Um, my fortitude to deal with the messes gets stronger. So it always feels balanced out somehow, no matter how old you get till I've got to deal with the final boss in the game, which is, we, we, we both know what the final boss is. I went and saw Adam Elliott's um, movie production set thing. He's making a claymation for a film called, um, what's it called? Something to do with a snail. It's called Memoirs of a Snail, but I saw the stuff that he's made for the claymation, like old old 1970s sets of Smith Street and Brunswick Street in Melbourne and Luna Park and the Arts Centre. It was all made out of clay, you know, these giant stuff that was half being half filmed. And I, I, I saw his stuff years ago. One of his claymations, Harvey Crumpet, which you can find on YouTube, won an Oscar. Uh, I love. I loved it. It was only a twenty-minute film. You can still find it on YouTube. It's called Harvey Crumpet. It was so beautiful. I love how he mixed melancholy and sadness and happiness and and funny everything all at once. And I had a walk through his production. All of a sudden, I felt like a kid, and I was. I'm a forty-seven-year-old man going. Oh, I want, this is what I want to do when I grow up. I hadn't felt that in so long. I, I'd forgotten what it was like to be on the other side of making stuff, going, oh, that's that's something I want to do. And all of a sudden I went, oh, I'm sort of doing it in my own way. I've found a little garden of, of stuff that I'm making. <laughs> but it was it was so inspiring. Like I, I, I hadn't felt it like that in ages. And it was just really nice to see someone who I, I love so much, his, his stuff just makes so much sense to my dumb old heart my dumb old heart's a labrador i've decided um but my brain's just a a pissed off cat's tail i don't know how that works but the labrador heart got really excited over it and i'd forgotten what it was like to be excited making stuff and create creativity because i i don't really talk or hang out with other artists or poets or Except an old an old friend who's given up writing. He said, "Fuck, fuck writing. Yeah, I just hate it. It's like." And he was the first, the youngest to ever be published by Penguin back in the nineties. He just gave it up. 
and he loves his garden now speaking of gardens garden seems to be a bit of a through theme for this episode but um he doesn't want to go back to it he thought he was wasting his life writing and sometimes I feel like that too I feel like I've mentioned in other episodes where I just feel like I'm watching life through my words rather than just actually watching life it's like looking at a sunset through a mobile phone or something and my last thought which isn't really a thought but I'm I'm writing this book of poems and it's the first entirely new book of poems that'll be out at the end of the year but I'm I'm laughing as I write most of them and it's and it might might be the first time I've laughed the most even though I've written funny stuff in the past I feel like I'm just I'm trying less somehow somehow I feel like I'm not I'm bothering but I'm not it's a weird balance to try and get where you just start just letting stuff into the book I normally wouldn't put in but it's it's really it's been really fun writing it it's pretty much finished right now but I'll I think I'm just going to cook it for a few more months just and see what else wants to happen in it or doesn't want to happen. What I found interesting about the evolution of just writing these books, the first book that I wrote only four, three or four years ago, most of the stuff in it was had been published in Best Australian Poems or had been finalist in Poetry Awards. Yet when I post those poems now on Instagram, people, the the people who follow me don't care about those as much as the stuff that I write that's just almost throwaway, not even trying. And I kind of feel like that that's, I love the idea of just trying less and throwing away formality poetry. I love just almost... It's not. It's not even a. It's like a half-assed diary entry, but it feels like ben, beneath it, you can feel there's. For me, I can feel there's more truth to it when it's. It's not worked. It's not as polished. It's just, just me taking the piece, and I love that each book has has become less and less formal to the point. You could almost call it Instagram poetry, but it's for me. It's not. Like, a, there is there is a sort of a style of Instagram poetry, is that Rupi Kawa or that sort of stuff. Um, it's all about, mostly about love poetry. I can't, actually, I, I can't write a love poem unless it just happens. I can't, it has to be a byproduct of something else. If I'm sitting down to write about heartbreak, it, it's a piece of shit. As soon as I focus on writing about something, it's a piece of shit. It's what grows from that that's the good stuff. I'll focus on something and then that will break away and give way to the real shit that I was actually trying to grasp at but by total sideways accident. I feel like that's where this new book is coming from. It's sort of... I've started writing about something and it's broken away and it's become this other piece of shit. (laughs) I love it. Anyway, yeah, see ya.